Welcome to So Many Places to Go, the podcast for meeting and event professionals. You can catch updates and info at the end, but right now, let's get going with a new episode. Everybody, hi, and welcome back to So Many Places to Go. We are rounding out our part four with Reno Tahoe and our special guests, Roma and Marcus. And I'm your host again today, Katie, and I've got with me again with this group, Lynn Tyrus. And hi, everybody. Brady. Hello. I was thinking, you know, going into this episode, like, how can this actually be the last one? You know, we've planned all this. We've been having all these great conversations. You know, four parts is a lot to do. And I was thinking, how is this the last one? And then I thought, we'll see if this is the last one. Chelsea, for now, we're going to round it out here. We've been having so much fun. Guys, I said it last time, but I'm as good as booked on the plane. You know, as soon as it makes sense, I'm I'm there. I know Lynn feels the same way. I know she's itching to go. And I know. Yeah, I just, I just took a quick break. And I, my husband, Harvey, who's been part of the business for many years as well, he said, what have you been doing there locked away in the office? And I said, planning our trip to Reno Tahoe. <laughs> all those, all those details, all the really tough questions, that's, Harvey's going to hit you hard, so careful. I have to find one of my favorite pictures actually was at that dinner there that uh, with you. Uh, you're not in the photo, but it's a great photo of Harvey and myself, and, uh, and it says Reno Tahoe there. I've got to find that photo and send it to you. Please oh, wow. do. I love it. Okay, guys, we've talked about the 30,000 foot view of Reno, not to speak to elevation, just the the overview. We've talked about your big facilities and the ones that you at the CDA manage and take care of. And then last episode, we got really specific and went through some of your hotels, the, the casinos, resorts, the hotels, the independent, the boutique, we covered it all. We even got to dive a little into the districts like Midtown and your culinary scene. As I, the phrase I discovered as we ran out was the cuisine scene. I would really like this to catch on. Hashtag cuisine scene if you guys are out there. This time we're diving into the the outdoors and the seasonality, which you really, you know, kind of teased us with in the beginning. You've told us this is what you're really becoming most well known for. I'm sure after this, I'm going to be ready to go outside and go do something. So you guys walk us through it quick for our listeners. You guys remember, we're going to have some pictures and some resources for you to go check this stuff out. You know, Roman, the last episode, you kind of explained, you walked us through the hotels somewhat geographically. You kind of took us on a tour of the city. So how are we going to cover this info today? I think we got to start easy and relaxing <laughs> and then we're gonna go more advanced and you know to the to the most adventurous right so that's how we're gonna go okay yeah. so if you're like an extreme outdoor sports kind of person uh we had a we had someone we were we were talking about some programming with once and she said my ceo likes to do like the extreme stuff right like the danger and he likes to take his executive team to like the heart of the amazon and like all this stuff we didn't quite get that far, but I, I immediately think about him when I when we start talking about some of the advanced and you know exciting stuff. I like to use the word adrenaline, right? Yes. I already told you guys I'm not a huge heights person. You know, I like some of it, but I love the outdoors, so I'm ready to learn. Here in Reno Tahoe, we like to say, let the lure of our location amp up your attendance for your next meeting and event. As Roma said, we're gonna start off a little more chill which is probably a little more applicable to groups, but then we will kind of finish with a little heart racing action, if you will. I'm going to let Roma start. We really have endless recreation and meeting professionals appreciate these options. Many of them don't require too much physical activity. They can be enjoyed by all. And we're just going to scratch the surface, give you some highlights, but these are things that your groups can do that you can incorporate into your program that will create awesome memories, and it's sure to enhance attendee experience. Yeah, and we'll start off with a very easy, almost like meditation, <laughs> the wild horse viewing. Ooh. Did you know that in, in we, I think we have the most um, in the country, it's 70,000 free roaming wild horses and burros in the region. 
So you can tour. Um, there's there's providers that offer you tours. And the nice thing is just 30 minutes out of town, right? So 30 minutes north, you go in, you do a, you can self-guided tours just to see these beautiful creatures out in the wild, living and just enjoying, you know, the mountains and the rivers and everything that we have for them. Um, or you can um, just see them right, you know, sometimes in the city. That's so lovely. That's, that's, I'm really happy that you did that. And, and as you're thinking about wild horses, you might be thinking about the West, right? And, and Reno really is, it's the cradle of the West. You have things maybe that you've, you've viewed before on television, like Bonanza, where they talk about Lake Tahoe, they talk about Virginia City. So we're going to kind of segue to Virginia City because this is 20 miles southeast of Reno. It's a 30-minute drive and an amazing nugget of history there. It's famous for the Comstock Lode, which was silver. And it's a historic town that is still alive. When it was a booming mining establishment in the mid-1800s, you had 25,000 people living there. But today, you know, it's got about 1,000 people, year-round residents. And you can stroll down wooden sidewalks. You can quench your thirst at unique saloons. You can ride a steam engine train. You can take a mining tour, actually go into one of the old mines. You can take a haunted ghost tour. This was one of the most important industrial cities between Denver and San Francisco at the time. Reno wasn't even a blip, really. Virginia City was where it was at. So there's more than 15 museums. Planners love the shops and they love the history. It appeals to all age groups. You might find a custom French hat maker there. You might find a special event, which could be camel and ostrich races. You could even find outhouse races. Outhouse races. Who would have known that that exists? There are also venues like Hyper's Historic Opera House. It's, it's literally a wooden dance floor that because everybody was jumping up and down and having a great time, they would use railroad springs that are still under there to keep the floors from cracking and breaking. The stage in its day hosted President Ulysses S. Grant, Buffalo Bill, Al Jolson, Mark Twain. This is something that is totally unique. There's a fourth ward school. This was a state-of-the-art school in 1876, and now it's a museum to commemorate the American West. When you were talking about destination management companies and what they've done there, depending on the size of the group, you can take over the whole town, shut the street, have characters walking around, you know, the sheriff and the miner who has his burrow with them, and you can feed carrots to the, to the donkey, that kind of thing. Very, very cool stuff. Okay, so ostrich races, outhouse races, all this fun stuff. What have you done? Have, have you raced an ostrich? I have personally not gained the courage to jump on the back of a camel or an ostrich, although I do enjoy the off-highway vehicle trail system that's there, and I do ride my dirt bike, which I don't know which one's more ornery, but um, <laughs> it's all up to me, I guess, with me and my dirt bike. But I've gone on the mining tours. I've gone on the, the uh, ghost tours. I've really enjoyed the restaurants and the taverns there. I enjoy talking to the people who are in character literally from 1860 and talking to the sheriff and talking to the miners. And it's just a unique spot. And it's amazing that it's that close to Reno and it's very doable. You can take huge coaches there. You can accommodate groups of all kinds. And I really appreciate it. It's, it's a really unique thing. I like the old West though. That's, that's me. I, I like that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're, so we're, we're moving, we're going easy and we're ramping it up. So how do we, where do we go next? Next was going to stop by in Carson city, which is, as you might know, a capital of the state. So this one is uh, also unique experience and unique, sometimes great interest, right? People are like, well, I never heard of this. I want to try it. Right. Um, it's a rail bike experience. So let me explain what that is. It's, uh, it's very extraordinary. And it's just 40 minutes from Reno, just to give you a visual of how, how far you would have to drive. Rail bikes, which seat up to four people, are power-assisted, recumbent-style pedal bikes that safely ride on top of the railroad tracks. So visitors, it's an open, it's an open, like, low cabin type of thing, right? 
and you will track down an easy and fun-filled trip. You can go out, out of Carson City and you'll go five miles. You know, the, you can come back and you'll go through the Truckee R- Railroad Commission. And it's such a unique experience. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but I haven't done it, but it's on my list to try next time I go. Are you, okay, so is, is it like almost like a ride? Like you get in and you kind of ride it or like you and three other people are pedaling through this path but along the rail race system. Like you're the train. Yes. Okay, this sounds cool. And it's easy, right? So you don't have to do much, especially when you have four people with you. But think about you in the middle of these mountains and all the beauty around you, fresh air. I, I, I think that's a cool experience. That one's definitely going on my, on my uh, trip itinerary that I'm working on. I think the next one is going to be on yours too. Wait till Marcus tell you about that. Lynn too. Lynn's nodding along. She's in. No, no. I said I'll be at the spa while you're doing that. Oh, okay. Harvey will go with me. All right. Well, we're going to bring you back to Reno now, but we did want to talk about the surrounding areas and and the things that groups can do there. So coming back to Reno, talking about arts, very rich art history and an emerging art scene. I think I want to begin talking about our arts, that we're sort of the gateway to this international festival called Burning Man. Mm -hmm. So what is Burning Man? It is a festival that's dedicated to radical self-expression, okay? That kind of leaves your mind wondering, what what does that mean? Well, basically, an hour and a half from Reno is an area called the Black Rock Desert. It's part of the Bureau of Land Management land. This is where this festival occurs. Currently, it draws 70,000 people from all over the world. And it's for a week in September over Labor Day. It started by founders that were in San Francisco. They would go to the beach in San Francisco for a cathartic renewal experience. They would burn different pieces of wooden art and have a sort of a cleansing experience. Well, as it grew and as followers came, they were not allowed to have these fires on the beach. So they relocated it to the high desert of Reno and just outside of Reno. When I say radical self-expression, this is exactly what happens and it draws a lot of artists. So they may be building something out of wood that is actually going to be burned at night for warmth and for you know theatrical effect. These things are massive, they're huge. There could be something built out of steel, built out of glass. There's no cars allowed in the, they call it the playa on the playa. And that it, all the cars are parked, all the RVs are parked. The only thing allowed in there is pedestrians or bicycles or those that have decorated some sort of car and they call them art cars. And their tribes, their camps, everybody's working out there. This is dry camping. So you must bring your own water, bring your own food, whether you're in a tent or an RV or you're hanging out in an art sculpture that you can, you know, spend the night in. It is really interesting and unique. Millions and millions of dollars on the front end and back end of that are spent in Reno on lodging, on supplies. There is no cash. It is a barter system only. So one camp might provide a happy hour and the next one provides breakfast the next day. So the only things you can buy out there are ice and coffee. So it's very unique. There's a huge community. They leave no trace. Uh, With that many people to leave no trash behind is quite a feat. They actually set up a temporary post office there. People are building this art months, sometimes years in advance, and they're bringing it out there months, weeks in advance. And this is all in cooperation with the Bureau of Land Management. Okay, so that background given to you, there is a big influence on art in our area. So in our city, there's huge murals. We have 80 murals. You can go on a a self-guided tour. There's also docent-led tours. There's also something called the Playa Art Trail, which is an extension of the Burning Man large art event. And we have a Playa Art Park in downtown. There are massive art exhibits and displays throughout the city, some of which were on the playa at Burning Man. And the city has leased or purchased. And they really beautify the city. They, they add a lot of interest. And these are significant. They are, they're very tall. 
They're very large. That's just one of the other options that groups can enjoy here. Lots of Instagram moments around that art. That is exactly what I was thinking for everybody who wants to be able to, you know, capture those experiences in photo, talk about some neat stories to take back home. In our previous episode, we got to talk about cuisine and sort of some of the local community. And we started to touch on the tours. You told us about coffee roasteries, which um, our meeting planner audience will know and our banquet bills will prove that meetings love coffee. <laughs> but we know it goes far beyond that. We love tours and getting out and doing all of that. So you said we had to wait till now. So now we can talk about tours? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, it's quite easy, but groups like it, right? Because it is an easy thing to put together. It would be dining and beer, wine, dining and distillery. So in Reno and Sparks alone, we have 18 breweries and five distilleries. So again, think a small town, but it's quite a bit of options here. Uh, with food tours, you can do private or, you, you know, obviously you can break it up in so many different sizes. You can do up to six eateries. And then you can also add on the art tour that Marcus just mentioned. So it's kind of, you know, you can go for three, four hours and be fed and have a drink and also see and if you have a historian with you, then you can get even some education from it. You can do the brew bike. So that's also fun to do when you're on a bike and you go around. Maybe Lynn won't do it, but Katie, I think you might be up for that. <laughs> and then we also have in Lake Tahoe quite a few breweries as well. That would be fun. What about a foodie tour? Yes, exactly. That you can incorporate just the food. And you can even try, uh, you know, like in Midtown where there's so many mom and pop eateries. So you can smaller groups and unique places. Our, our groups and, and visitors alike enjoy even combinations where you might go pick two museums. Uh, you might do the auto museum in the morning and then you'll have lunch and then you'll do the art museum in the afternoon and then have dinner. And in the summertime months, there are rolling art walks and whether that's you pick the medium it could be large art exhibits it could be murals it could be things inside museums continuing all along this vein educational ecological tours uh, science engineering oriented related field trips and tours we have a planetarium that's on the university of nevada reno campus there's a geothermal plant in our area just depends on the likes wants and needs of the group we have an entity called the Desert Research Institute. Also on the university, you have an earthquake lab. This is one of four facilities in the world that simulate earthquakes. Yeah, it, there's a lot going on as far as STEM as well and science-oriented things. So there's data centers east of Reno that are state-of-the-art. We've arranged tours for those. The Tesla Gigafactory, where they're building lithium-ion batteries, literally like millions a second are being produced that go into the Tesla electric cars that go into the mini power grids and and the power walls that go in homes. And it's it's quite endless and it's really interesting to note that these things are available in Reno now. Some of them really weren't for a long time and our community is very supportive and we like to be the conduit and super connector for planners and for groups to get to see these things and do these things. These organizations are used to hearing from us and they understand the importance of enhancing and making memorable experiences for our group so that they come back. In many ways, these things are part of the initial draw, whether that's green energy, whether that's advanced manufacturing, we have those things now and it's because of our diversified economy. If I start to skip ahead, you guys know, just redirect me. But I know we've also talked about getting out on the water and everything, you know, getting off the land into the water. So what do we have in that direction? Um, floating on the lake on a catamaran and or a smaller wooden boat. So there's different options, which you like to do. It depends on the size of the group. With a catamaran, you can do about 50 people departing from Lake Hyatt. So it's really easy. Like we said, 45 minutes from Reno to uh, Incline Village right to the beach. Champagne and Incline Village. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and we can do champagne on land or we can do it on a catamaran. So either one, open bar, any place. 
uh, pedal wheels along goes with that and then or charter boats for larger groups again depends on the size of the group everybody can get a chance to be on the lake I have to go on next one marcus because it's lynn's favorite mine is too you can leave me in the spa for a day and you won't hear me complaining i'll find something to keep myself busy so like we mentioned so many different spas and those spas we mentioned were in our resort casinos but there are also some local spas. We haven't even touched on that, right? And awesome studios. Some there are award winning, winning. So we definitely need to put that on your agenda when you come visit. So just to remind everybody, we had the Atlantis, which is Forbes uh, Travel Guide Four Star designation. The Grand Sierra Resort has a wonderful spa. Pepper Mill, Lynn, I think you saw, was number top three spas in the in the resorts in hotels in the country. Silver Legacy built brand new spa just a year ago. Renaissance has a spa. That's the Marriott property. And then, of course, you have a spa at the High Regency. So that's where you're staying. We got you set up. And because this is a very active geothermal area, there's lots of natural hot springs. And there's also hot springs resorts. Okay, I'm, I'm sure I know we're going to keep going up the adrenaline scale, if you will, on this spectrum. But all these things you mentioned at the beginning, a lot of what we talked about so far is going to be really good for our groups. And we know something that groups are really interested in now, um, everybody is interested in experience. They want to get outside of the ballroom, at least at some point, and do something. But I think a lot of planners out there are really trying to tie in programming and experience. So it's not just education and leisure and activity. It's how do we turn leisure and activity into a part of the program and tie it all in together. But how are people using any of these things? Is it team building? Is it, you know, unique venue sessions? What does that look like? In a, we mentioned in the previous episode, but I want to highlight that again, because this is something that we've been doing even brief before COVID, where a group would come in and maybe they're an incentive slash meeting. And remember how they went on the snowmobile rides and they had a breakout session in the middle of the mountain chat. They had some amazing ideas that they came up with and then they went back on riding. And, and you guys can help us figure all this out, right? I mean, there is so much to do. If I were just like a planner, just searching and trying to figure this out, I think I personally would be overwhelmed with options. I always say for my own self, I fold under options too many and I can't, I can't even see anymore. So someone's going to help us make these decisions, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can get help through our destination management companies in our area. We can also give you lists of referrals if you want to take it on yourself and ideas. So things like geocaching, scavenger hunts with GPS units, with your smartphones, challenging ropes courses, puzzle and escape rooms several different workshop providers, whether you're trying to conquer stage fright or do trust building. But the great DMCs in our area can also help you with things like CSR, right? Corporate social responsibility, things of that nature that we've done and have been a success, a Build-A-Bike for foster families of Nevada. Also, those can be um, donated toward uh, Boys and Girls Club, Backpack for Kids program, food packing at the Nevada Food Bank. It's really versatile. There's so much you can do outdoors as well with these things and, and have these all set up so that it's sort of naturally social distance if that's part of things that are going on and that are, are, are part of everyday life when you're in this time frame that we're in. You can use our, our local ballpark as an area to do things outside. And you can always do it in the different ballrooms in, in the hotels. Whatever your schedule is, whatever your budget is, there's so many customized things that you can do in our area. In some ways, it's, it's also a blank palette. I, I mentioned this earlier, the Burning Man event. You could do a theme like the Burning Man theme and, and have music and lights and folks walking around in, in costumes and that sort of thing. You could take over Virginia City have a Western theme, do barbecues. You could do a huge bowling tournament. In the bowling stadium, there's 100 screens. It's great for sponsorships. You could splash a logo every five seconds. The auto museum is great for that. Different foods in each of the different auto galleries. And I think the best part about it is that it's a great price point compared to other cities. It's not just a ballroom with an 80s theme. You can do that anywhere. 
These are things that are unique to our destination. Right, and Marcus, you're right. If we were gonna build Virginia City on our own, we couldn't afford it, right? So we might as well just go and get the real deal. Exactly. Okay, so the meeting is over. Everyone has gone home. The group tour was great. And now we're staying over. We're on leisure time, right? That's what we're calling it these days, this, this business leisure trend. Everybody's staying over a few days because we can still work from where we are and go adventuring in the afternoon. So let's let's amp it up. Let's get that adrenaline pumping. My favorite. Or if, um, I mean, if the list that we already gotten so far, which is, I think, pretty lengthy, right? Does prove that the outdoors in our region, not the gaming, is the heart of what this this region is, so what Reno Tahoe is, then we have more for you, right? So those that are interested in more harder challenges and uh, really get their heart pumping, like Marcus mentioned, we have them, we have that as well. As long as they have time for us, we got stuff for them. <laughs> and it, and it, it varies by season. In the warmer months, I'll kind of ease into it a little bit with golf, although it's very difficult to play golf. I, I enjoy it, but it's very challenging. There are 50 golf courses within 90 minutes of Reno. There are eight courses right in Reno. Prime golf season is May through October. There's also fishing, very relaxing, very serene. You can do that right in the center of our downtown along the Truckee River, which is our river walk. There's also rafting and kayaking there. There's whitewater rafting experiences as well that have you finishing right in downtown. There's biking and scenic walks along the 12 miles of our river walk. Along the way, you can stop for refreshments, of course, coffee shops, chocolatiers, that sort of thing. We also have retail in downtown where you can find in our historic post office. At, while we're on the topic of retail, there is great shopping here. There's amazing outdoor stores, uh, Cabela's and Shields, and then three major mall shopping areas spread throughout Reno. Some of them are open air, pedestrian friendly, others are enclosed. As you make your way towards the mountains, uh, whether you're going east or west of Reno, you will find copious amounts of trails. So hiking trails, horseback riding trails, mountain biking trails. It's all 15 minutes from downtown. There's also fall colors here as well. We have lots of aspens and willows that really dress us up in gold. Even the Reno city itself has lots of fall colors. I know the, the image that you have as, as your background that we've been able to enjoy as we've enjoyed this session is these beautiful blues and almost violets and whites, mountains at the top, and then rolling down into the city, these beautiful like amber oranges and, and greens. And I love it. The color is just so rich. It's such a pretty background. Yes, it, it is. We, we have a, a really nice little fall color season. It, is it like the Northeast? No. However, there's a really neat contrast. It's, it can be snowy in the mountains, fall colors down here, and beautiful blue skies when the sun comes out. It's really a special time of year. We love that time of year here as well. You know, just to finish out some of these adrenaline things that are in the warmer months, rock climbing, horseback riding, water skiing, wakeboarding, parasailing behind the boats, horseback riding, motorcycle touring, off-roading, jeeping, ATV, razor tours, and even hot air ballooning. Yay! That is, I, I, I'm not sure. I think that probably uh, could either fall into the leisure or the adrenaline, depending on your feeling on being up in here, right? You know, Katie, I don't like heights, but I have done uh, ballooning. I did it in, in, um, in Utah, and it is the most relaxing thing you could it's hard to even imagine it is so still up there in a hot air balloon. I did it in Park City and it was really, really neat. Oh, I love it. I, one, of, one of my favorite memories as a kid is we used to have hot air balloons like once or twice a year. There was, I'm not sure if it was a certain, you know, route or trailer, however you call that in the sky, but they would all go over and we'd be, you know, kids outside playing and all of a sudden, you know, 30 hot air balloons just slowly making their way across the sky. And it was so fun to watch. So I, I love it. I'm a huge fan. I would love to do it again. I would love to do it there. 
I, I think it would be gorgeous views for sure. Well, remember, we have the largest hot air balloon festival, so there's plenty of hot air balloons in Reno. See, this is going to be the hard part. You guys have all of these events that happen throughout the year. So I think I'm going to have to plan several trips, like this trip goes with Burning Man, and this trip goes with the Hot Air Balloon Festival. And anyways, I'll tell Lynn later that I need a few days off. But <laughs> sounds like she's planning a few weeks off. Uh, what time of year is, is that balloon festival? I'm just curious. That's in September. September. And it's, it's the largest complimentary or free uh, hot air ballooning event. And it's, it's a little, it's a race as well. They have little places they need to go and it's, it's multi-day. It's really special. It, it starts before the sun comes up. It's really neat. Okay, gang, I'm going to take a quick detour. So stay with me here. As you get to know the IMM team as your hosts, we also want you to get to know IMM as a company too. In a nutshell, we are a meeting, events, and consulting firm going on 35 years of great service and relationships. We're bringing you this podcast to support our industry, which is built on some of the things that we also value most, like great relationships, collaboration, and delivering incredible experiences. We work with clients in whatever capacity they need, be it full service or a la carte. So take a minute and type in immwow.com and go check out our list of services to find out more about what we can do for and with you. I might be biased, but I have to say, I love working with our team and I know that you will too. Until then, safe travels and happy listening. Okay, so you you started to tell Marcus about this seasons and you have all these beautiful colors. We've said before, you know, Lynn and I are based in Houston, so our seasons are hot and less hot. Um, with the with the one exception of this crazy weather we had a week ago, but the seasons you guys have has such an impact on the outdoor and the recreation that you can do. I know there's something to do all the time, but how does that play into all this? Go ahead, Roma. Yeah, talk about winter. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So it's it, the seasons and seasonality are kind of different, but it's definitely good to mention both for the planners out there. That Explain the difference. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that I know the difference. Explain to us. So if you just, um, so let's say what from the outdoor adventures, um, the, you know, we are true for seasons. There's something going on at all time beyond the activities for the group and the team building and networking, they can be built into them. The attendee draws and enhances the attendee experience for the meeting as well. Um, and it'll help promote the event. Just to back up one second about the more active or independent activities that you could do. I know we talked about the warmer months and ended on hot air ballooning. Wanted to dovetail on that and just talk about winter activities because the skiing, that can be a huge draw for groups uh, and snowboarding, of course. And there's 12 ski resorts in Lake Tahoe, all starting right about 45 minutes from here, including the closest ski resort to Reno, which is 20 minutes away called Ski Mount Rose Tahoe. And then you've also got things that go along with snow sports. So snowshoeing, snowmobiling, dog sledding, sleigh rides, snow parks, and that could be snow tubing and sledding and even ice skating even right here in Reno, and as well as some of the mountain villages that will also have ice skating. So I, I wanted to make sure we didn't skip over that and we can always put that in the mix. So yes, uh, the seasons are just, every season has something to offer. When we talk about seasonality and how it relates to rates and availability for planners, that's something to really keep in mind. We can help guide you through that. And today we're just going to touch on and try to be as simple and concise as possible. But our seasons are really, we can start off saying there's a, a convention season, a prime season where you see a lot of demand and you've also got a lot of transient and leisure demand. And those are really during some of those peak months. And, and for Reno, that peak time is July and August. So you've got a lot of interest coming together all at once. Summer school breaks, holidays, weekends, all those things into account, business travel. Historically, we have been more of a leisure destination. So as we see more businesses coming in and business travel starts to fill our hotels midweek, we are 
anticipating some more compression. However, that is the pattern here that our hoteliers love to bid on is Sunday through Thursday night. And it's, it's because of that, that casino traffic, the leisure traffic and, and the transient traffic. Also the special events that are two, 200 out of 300 events are happening between May and October. So you have, you have those to compete with. Doesn't mean you won't find availability and competitive rates throughout the summer. Just might have to navigate those a little bit. And those events can really be leveraged for our planners as well. You can help theme your event. You could back up the start or end of your event against one of those special events that's happening to create interest and draw. We see that success all the time. A sidebar, a sidebar to this is we don't have an events episode, but Lynn and Katie, if you'll indulge us, I will tell you that in May, we start out in some of our signature events, the Reno River Festival, which is a competitive kayaking event. There's live music. There's a craft beer village. In June, there's the Reno Rodeo. This is 10 days. There's 750 professional athletes. Also in June is the Great El Dorado Barbecue Brews and Blues Festival. In July, the whole month of July is Art Town. There's over 500 events throughout the entire month. Music, dance, theater, visual arts, workshops, walks. In August, you have the Lake Tahoe Shakespeare Festival. Hot August Nights, which is a huge classic car event. There's about 5,000 cars that get judged, but overall in the city, there's 10,000 cars. They take over the parking lots in the hotels. It's, it's really something else. In September, you've got the Burning Man event. You have Best in the West Nugget Rib Cook-Off, Great Reno Balloon Race, the Air Races, as well as Street Vibrations, which is a motorcycle event. In October, to end things out, you have the El Dorado Great Italian Festival. These are some of the events that you could build your meeting or conference around. And you could also leverage the CVB's knowledge to help you during the RFP process, to let you know about any date flexibility or what it's falling over. In some cases, it might not be relevant. If you're going to Lake Tahoe, or if there's a hotel that's not the host hotel for that, you can still really get some great proposals. I'll let any questions bubble up. Yeah, I, I would think, and, and this is just kind of, you know, me think if you're as a planner, you talk about all the stuff that's going on and then that there is some peak to work around and some high demand for certain seasons. But I'm just thinking, you know, if, if my group's interested in maybe what's going on at the ski resort, we maybe can't afford to stay at a ski resort in season because everything is so close in proximity because it is the biggest little city we can stay downtown enjoy some of the other things and then easily get there for some of that activity so it sounds like planners can still take advantage of everything and kind of creatively work around those peak demands but still find something that fits in their budget i mean is that realistic or do you see a lot of groups do that Absolutely. Yes, for sure. That's that's kind of one of the things that is uh, very popular for that reason, you know. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, some of the events we talked about, the Reno Rodeo, that this isn't just something that comes and goes. Again, I, I reference what we know in Houston. We have a rodeo that comes that's huge, but it takes over an existing arena. You guys have a livestock arena that is in Reno. So for our listeners, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to part two that talks about these, some of these big facilities. We also talk about the classic cars and Marcus, you took us through uh, that Hera car collection and what a neat place that is. So there's all these things that are happening are happening in really unique venues. So I think it's important to know that they're not just like in and out. They're really special. That's correct. Yes. Most meetings uh, that we've through the years, uh, we've seen uh, they're either spring or fall. That's when we're usually the busiest. And we love it when we find a client who wants to do something in the summer. And uh, there's always, you know, that finding just that, that perfect date to fill in maybe between some of your larger ones. And uh, so it's good to know that uh, they have to plan ahead if they want to get in. But then again, those last minute holes that you might want to fill, 
it's good to know that that's a possibility uh, in the summertime. So uh, this is all good, good information. And anyone planning to go, uh, finding out what the needs, like you said, the needs of the group, the numbers, the needs, and if they're going, you know, typically East Coast one year, West Coast the next, uh, we certainly want to stress the importance of adding Reno Tahoe into the mix if they haven't been out there for sure. Well, thanks, Thank you, Lynn. Lynn. And I wanted to mention, because you said uh, you're a lot of groups like spring and fall. Well, that's actually our shoulder season. Right. So that's something good to remember that. Mm -hmm. They might get really good rates too, really good deals. Right, and Linda, you tie in perfectly that question of, so what about shoulder season and off season and those fill-in dates or the bookends or weekends versus weekdays for our planners? What do we need to know about that? Yeah, as far as shoulder season, I mean, typically uh, it, it's good to be able to offer the different options. It depends on when that, that particular group might meet. Right. So I'm wondering, you know, Marcus and Roma, if you guys have some sort of pointers in terms of what that looks like in Reno that our planners can really be aware of. Yeah, sure. You know, the, the shoulder season, as, as Roma was saying, late September through late October, we still see some demand, uh, but kids are back in school. Right. We, you've got those events there that are happening, just a few sprinkled in. But it's a wonderful time of year. The weather is very stable. You can still golf. There's a lot of activities going on. And then the other shoulder season would be the spring, which is mid-April through early June. And spring skiing typically concludes the second week in April. Uh, you can see a few snowstorms in April, May, but the weather starts stabilizing. Golf courses start opening back up. And then from the event standpoint, you can use RCVB to look at future dates where those events are planted years from now. Uh, those aren't widely published for just anybody to find online, but we uh, are issued those dates so we can help you with those in the planning process. And then what we consider low season would be November through early April, non-holiday midweek. So Reno is a ski town too. They will use Reno as a base camp, those, those FIT customers, those leisure and transient customers, and, and they, they will save money by not staying slopeside or ski in, ski out, and they'll use Reno as a base camp. So if you can meet Sunday through Thursday, you're going to find some of the most competitive rates in that winter timeframe, which includes spring and fall. We are seeing an increase in business travel as corporations move their headquarters and R&D facilities here. So that can erode the discount a little bit, but we're still, we remain extremely hungry for midweek group business. And that's usually when groups are meeting anyway. So you have that going for you when you're sourcing Reno Tahoe. In January, April, and May, I will tell you that those are busy convention months for us. We have sports and convention groups mostly. But there are still plenty of deals to be had for any rate conscious groups. I will finish by saying we've talked about the seasonality and, I, and it's really applied more to Reno and Sparks. There is a whole Lake Tahoe seasonality as well. It does follow Reno seasonality to some regards, but it depends on where the hotel or resort is located. Lynn, you talked about Utah and, and I'm sure you've experienced this. If, you're, if you have a hotel that has lift access, lift in, lift out, or slope side, ski in, ski out, they're going to be at prime rates during ski season, right? Right. January, February. Yep. And even March, right? March. And, and those holidays, even Thanksgiving and Christmas. That same holds true for Lake Tahoe. If you have a resort that is on the shores of the lake, when are you going to want to be in the water? Summertime, fall, right? They're peaking when the ski in ski out resorts are not and then it's the converse when it's winter time you can look out at the lake it's beautiful the lake doesn't freeze it's 1600 feet deep however you're not going boating or jet skiing in the middle of winter on a mountain alpine lake so their rates are very aggressive 
during the winter time if you're by the lake. And then you're, you're paying premiums for the ski in, ski out for your group in those resort hotels and resort lodges. And those, yeah, the doctors that like to ski, they like to go like February and they, I don't know how they can stand it, but they, they, they meet in between. They ski in the morning, meet, and then go back and ski some more anyway. Well, and it helps, it helps to have that lift in, lift out or ski in, ski out so that they can go right from their, uh, you know, wingtip and high heel shoes in in the meeting space to ski boots and snowboard boots, right? No, they come dressed for skiing to the meeting. They come in. (laughs) Dress code, ski casual. No high heels. Anyway, well, what's great is that you can pick any time of year and really have a, a, an exciting experience along with getting your continuing education credits that you need, whether it's CEUs or what, whatever uh, your classification needs to be updated. It's, it's great that, that the availability there is, is, is so widespread. Your shoulder season is certainly a good one. Uh, for those that do want to to meet spring and fall and catching them, like I said, when, when they head out to the West, that's a great place to go. Yeah. And something, you know, learned from what I learned over the years from, you know, selling Las Vegas for many years and now Reno, because these are casino properties, right? It's flipped. So we want, we love Sunday through Thursday, like Marcus mentioned. Mm-hmm. On weekends, you know, it's much higher rate. Oh yeah. Dallas, right? It's vice versa, right? The the price points or any other other metropolitan city. So that's some again, we come we come helpful with so many different easy answers, right? That will save you a lot of time. You all know this as I'm stating the obvious, but when we think about what these large cities like the Nashvilles, the Orlandos, right? They're they're yielding and and rightfully so. There's a lot of demand for them. They're very well known. They're very accessible. We'll talk about our air service and our access, which is very good for a small to mid-sized city. But we don't have international flights like Las Vegas does or, or like Chicago or, or Nashville, that kind of thing. Our city is in demand generation mode in, and in education mode. And so that's where you get a little bit easier to do business with or a lot easier to do business with type of response. And I, 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 I personally enjoy being in, in that seat because it feels we're in the relationship business, we're in the hospitality business, and, and to have to not respond or have a pile of RFPs that you just know some of them won't ever get touched, that doesn't happen here. We look at absolutely every opportunity. We are very hungry and eager and aggressive when it comes to any group opportunity that comes our way. We, we know that it's a very competitive marketplace. You'll see from working with people like Roma and myself, we're very responsive. We wanna see how we can do anything to differentiate our city and destination to, to win. Well, I, I think that we've been learning that all along this, you know, we've said we're in part four of this, our conversations, I think that continues to come through not just you guys saying it, but just in the way that you're talking about everything and the information that you're sharing, there's no question about that and how knowledgeable you are. And I mean, this is, is really wonderful. So we've, you know, we've covered a lot of ground and all these different things and what Reno and Tahoe and Sparks really has to offer. So Marcus, you just hit on it. If we're going to do all this, we got to know how to get there. You've told us a little bit about airports and hubs, and we know that once we're there, we're only, you know, steps away from the city and being able to get to our final destinations. But give us the highlights about, you know, for our planners who have to do those logistics about how we get there and what makes it so easy. Um, I know I think you're going to cover some of the costs for us too. So, you know, it's this is where we get technical, right? And it's a, it's some, sometimes it's hard for our brains to understand, but help us a little here. Yeah, and, you know, I want to start off with, that we have such a great relationship with our airport partners. They will pick up our phone, a call. They will they give us all the updates all the time. And that's super awesome for us to have this information right off their desk, right? So 
uh, and the interesting thing that we hear from planners often is that they love how easy our airport is. So we mentioned that before, that from landing to the taxi or shuttle, you're 10 minutes, 10 minutes, right? So it's super easy to navigate. And also the, you know, obviously the costs that come associated with transportation within the city. So, you, you know, complimentary shuttles and all that stuff. So definitely want to mention that. So getting here, what, what, what we want to share is that before the pandemic, we were trending, we were 50 month trending of increased air service, right? It was an impressive streak, consecutive growth with passengers arriving in our, in our destination. Um, right now, things are a little bit different, but based on the percentages and the data that we're getting from the airport, we're better than national average and other cities in, in our uh, set. That's right. It, we, we retained all the nine airlines that we had going into the pandemic. And we even added one, JSX, which was formerly known as Jet Suite X. Right now we have 10 airlines and I'll list them for you. Alaska Horizon, Allegiant Air, American, Delta, Frontier, JetBlue, Southwest, United, Polaris, and of course, JSX. So we wanna show you February, March, 2021 snapshot. We know that these listeners and these recordings will be available for a while. Um, so keep that in mind that everything is, is very volatile and, and air is changing all the time. But where we are and where we were, I'd like to just provide our listeners a snapshot. And this is true for March, 2021. We know what the March data is based on our airport reporting to us. So we're at 106 flights a day. That's arrivals plus departures. That's down from 130 flights a day. Not too bad, really, when you think about it. 21 nonstop destinations down from 23 nonstops. Again, not that big of a decrease. You can still get to Reno Tahoe International Airport and our destination virtually anywhere in the U.S. with one stop. And I can attest to this. Again, we're spoiled here in Houston. We've got two airports and either way we go, we can get straight there. That's correct. You are. It, it's, it's a great market for us. Reason why Roma is in market. That's great access. And I will list off in alphabetical order our nonstops based on our March 2021 schedule. That is Atlanta, Burbank, Chicago Midway and O'Hare, Dallas Love Field, Dallas Fort Worth, Denver, Guadalajara, Mexico, Houston Hobby, Houston Intercontinental, Las Vegas, Long Beach, Los Angeles, Oakland, Orange County, Phoenix, Portland, Salt Lake City, San Diego, San Francisco, and Seattle. Very robust nonstop destination schedule. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's no shortage of access. And I know, you know, we talk about nonstops and maybe you're going to cover this too. But even, you know, like I said, we're spoiled in Houston. We can get a lot of places nonstop because we have that hub. But even if you have to take one, you know, a hop and a skip to get there, it's, I'm sure it's not that tough. No, you it's, know, it's, it's really not. Roma, you want to elaborate on, on the one stops? I think we, have some good notes on that. Um, sure, absolutely. The the so we actually that the key hubs that we operate out of is uh, with Delta. It's out of Atlanta, Los Angeles, Salt Lake. With United from Chicago, O'Hare, Denver, Houston, Intercontinental, and Los Angeles, San Francisco. American here out of Dallas, Fort Worth, Los Angeles, and Phoenix. Southwest uh, we have from Chicago, Midway, from Dallas, Love Field, from Denver, Houston, Hobby. Las Vegas, Long Beach, Los Angeles, Oakland, Phoenix, San Diego. These are a big list. Southwest is in our backyard a lot. Alaskan Airlines also flies from Portland and Seattle. And I mean, even adding those, you know, any stops that anybody has to add on, I think the bonus is you're not flying into Reno and then driving two hours. So if we're talking at total travel, it doesn't feel so cumbersome, even if it's not direct. That's right. If you've got a one stop, the typical, um, you're either not deplaning, you're on the same plane, 
or if you are changing planes, it's a 45 minute to 90 minute gap. You could stretch your legs and that time can be made up in the reduced shuttle time once you get here in our uncongested city. And you guys told us a little uh, story in, in one of our previous sessions that made me feel like just total VIP treatment is that if you really need to, you're going to meet us on the tarmac, right? I know this isn't for everyone, but that speaks to your relationship with the airport, right? We can we can speed things up if we've got to. Absolutely. Yeah, but absolutely. We can. We mentioned what our flights are right now, but I think what's really important to impress upon our listeners is the potential. You know, airlines don't create demand, but they do follow it. And, and our job growth, our population growth, uh, the new businesses that are moving in, into our area, that all goes into this demand matrix. And airlines are seeing major potential in Reno Tahoe to the extent that we actually have so many new flights planned. We can cover those. I don't know how quickly that's going to become outdated, but We've worked with our, our airport partners to do all kinds of things. It depends on how much you're willing to share. For instance, uh, a franchise company was a little thought that the air service might be an obstacle for us. And we said, tell us where your franchisees are coming from. Provide us with the spreadsheet of the zip codes. We don't, we don't need to have contact information. But if you give us a zip codes from where your people are coming, our airport wants to use that information to paint the picture of what hubs, what airlines, what cities would these people come from? They ended up learning a lot about their own attendee base and saw that the majority of their people were Midwest or West Coast. So when we got done with this, we gave them a PowerPoint slide that had heat maps that our airport literally took the time to make to show them what airlines they would take, what cities they would come from, and the concentrations of their attendees base. It helped them source us and it and actually led to a really great booking and contracting experience. It's been, a, it was a wonderful program that came. Yeah, that's really neat. And I, I know, again, my planner brain is seeing that is to have that tool to coordinate maybe group travel, you know, coordinate with your groups to say, you know, a lot of people don't want to have to get in and figure out their own transport from the airport into the hotel. But if you, you know, you know, you're arriving and you can go, oh, that's me. I'm with that group and hop on that bus or something. You know, some of that coordination, we know some groups do a really good job of that. Some planners out there really lean into um, transfer logistics and what a neat tool to have. Oh, you know what? That's right. something that we should bring up uh, is that what our airport can do. I'll let Roma talk to that. And before we move on, I want to talk about some of the new flights for summer 2021, Allegiant. And Jackson Hole, JetBlue, JFK, New York, American Airlines, Charlotte, North Carolina. We're very excited about summer 2021 and seeing these new flights come in. And I think what you were saying, Katie, would be a great dovetail for Roma to talk about how our airport really can help with groups upon arrival. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to share. So our, the airport staff can actually coordinate with airline partners to increase the capacity during peak times. So give an example, Burning Man, right? When we have over, you know, 100,000 coming to town, but it can probably, you know, then we can look at that as a citywide coming in, right? Maybe with a hot air balloon festival, there's a lot of people coming. So Keep that in mind. That was a nice thing that we have that airport provides. Sorry to interrupt you. I think it's so important to, to just highlight that for all of our planner listeners, that it's communication and relationships. And that sometimes when we see those ob obstacles and think, oh, well, it's so hard and people can't get in and nobody's going to, you know, everybody's trying to get in all at one time. It sometimes isn't that difficult as long as you, you know, have those relationships with the airlines, with your local partners that these are things that we can work around. And um, when we have partners like you guys who are willing to do that and, and facilitate as well, that that's a really important tool for, for prof meeting professionals to know about. Yes, and um, the same thing, we can do welcome programs at the airport for VIPs or, you know, receptions. You arrive, you already, you know, you're already welcomed with a, with a nice beverage. We can even do a group arrival check-in, right? So if it's a citywide, we can do a registration right at the airport because we have a separate room for that. Yes. 
something unique and different um, along with, um, you know, assistance with signage and VIP arrivals, like we mentioned, we'll go and greet them at the tarmac if they need to run to get ready, right, for the speakers and stuff like that. And then also with advertisement, advertising, we help as well. And we can, you know, welcome with the signs. We have multiple screens and video walls at the airport. So definitely want to make sure we mention that. So yeah, it's such an easy, easy process there. So do, so is there anything else we need to know about airports and flights? Or do we need to talk a little bit about the ground transport as well? What else do we, do we need to know about getting into Reno? Well, thanks, Katie. I'll talk just a little bit more about the airport in regards to convenient ground transportation. We talked about complimentary hotel shuttles to major hotels and mega resorts, casinos. That is obviously a huge cost avoidance and a major convenience for attendees and planners. There's also the full gambit of car rental companies. There's nine of them here right in the terminal. The cars are a short walking distance. We hear all the time that we love your airport. It's so easy to navigate. It's so quick. We also have rideshare, of course, Uber, Lyft. And then going toward what might be more of a where are we now uh, with corporate travel bans or people, companies not being comfortable asking their people to fly? We are one of those destinations that from a smaller regional meeting standpoint could help to jumpstart the meetings industry again because we are so easy to drive to. Some of these mileages in the West are very approachable. So when you think about Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area, that's 218 miles. That's a three and a half hour drive. West coasters don't think too much about big, long drives. Usually there's long stretches where you could even go 80 miles an hour. For instance, from here to Salt Lake City, the the, tra- the speed limit sign says 80 miles an hour. So Is that the adrenaline list of activities? <laughs> That's <laughs> adrenaline for me. It also applies to groups that aren't so sensitive to air travel, right? Your direct selling companies, your franchise companies who want to bring their family with them and, and create a vacation before or after. We're a really good fit for that. So whether it's, whether it's right now and, and understanding that people may feel sometimes that they want to drive or they don't want to deal with airports, we are about as centrally located in the West as you can get. And some people don't think we're in the West. They think we might be in somewhere else. We're actually further West than Los Angeles. If you look at the, the longitude latitude lines, it's kind of an interesting fact. That is interesting. I I agree. My mind would not have done that. I've admitted to you guys already. I'm not um, great at geography. Yeah, I think that's, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't have guessed that at all. Yep. We also, well, go ahead. I was going to say, the nice thing is that you can get here by train. You can get here by bus, all kinds of options, right? So that's the nice thing is that we have all those uh, answers available as well. If we have any travelers that want to get here that way. Okay, so so transportation-wise, what else do we need to know? Oh, we need to mention how you get from Reno to Lake Tahoe. Oh, of course. Don't want to forget that as well, right? Because that might be a question for some planners out there. So um, there are a few different options that you can get. Um, shuttle is one of them, shuttles, uh, that will go- get you directly to the ski resort or the lake properties. Um, so there's a North Lake Tahoe Express, so it's a any day year round option. You as well have uh, another free shuttle. It's called Diamond Peak that it's available in uh, Incline Village as well. You have a few different options together, and you know a lot of groups when they meet in Lake Tahoe, they will do a group transportation. And as we mentioned in one of our episodes, we do have DMC companies and transportation companies that have from big coaches to small VIP limousines. That's great. I've done the bus to uh, Incline Village from Reno, yeah, from the airport. It's very convenient. And the interesting thing about those is you can negotiate group rates. You can also, from Reno to Lake Tahoe, it's a direct route and it's the same going back. You are not stopping at other hotels or resorts along the way if you're, say, for instance, going to the Hyatt. Yeah, that's where I was. 
guys, I feel like we, you know, we've covered it all. We know how we're getting in, we're getting out, what we're doing when we get there. There's something for everybody. We're going to split up into groups because we all have different things on our list. You know, at this point, I feel like I'm not even sure what to say. What else do our listeners need to know? Because I know the answer is so much more. I know that this is not exhaustive of everything, but just talking about where we were today with our, with our outdoor activity and the seasons and actually getting into Reno, closing comments, final thoughts, what else, you know, is there anything else that we need to tell listeners to go dig deeper on because there's more? Well, I'll just, I'll close by saying that Reno Tahoe is a, a region that is on the rise. It's one to watch. And we are so eager to invest in your event success. And we're sincerely interested in receiving your RFPs. And I couldn't be more pleased with the episodes that we've done together with the international meeting managers. You, Katie, Lynn, just rock stars. Uh, we're so thankful. And we're so excited to be hosted on the So Many Places to Go podcast. Yay, yes. Yeah. And I, I'll now echo to Marcus, um, you know, to just a quick few words is that we're easy and flexible to work as a city and as a destination. We're accessible um, based on our this episode. We gave you all kinds of details about how easy it is to get here. And we appreciate the business and we are fun. We definitely want to have fun along the way, right? And include the spas and all the fun activities. Hey, Katie and I feel like we've made some really good friends and uh, we, we look forward to working with you and we know that the other listeners will be thrilled to, to have the opportunity to uh, work with you personally as well. And guys, I think that's a perfect, perfect way to wrap it all up here. This has been fantastic. Hi again, Planagers. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Be sure to check out the extra resources from this episode linked in the show notes and on our website, immwell.com. Make sure to follow So Many Places to Go podcast on Instagram and Facebook or International Meeting Managers on LinkedIn because you never know when you'll find those bonus surprises. Most importantly, we hope you reach out to our guests and partners to learn more. We know so many of you out there love to travel and experience new destinations and venues for clients and yourself. Until next time, our team will be working hard to travel the globe and bring you along to some of the most amazing places to go. This podcast is produced by Agency Podcasts. Do you have a great place we should go? Let us know in the comments, in an email, or send us a message.